The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit ConflictHealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about self-love, and sometimes that can be the hardest thing for us to do, to really accept ourselves, love ourselves, appreciate ourselves. And I've been reading this wonderful book called The Heart of the Matter, a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. And it's by Joffrey McClung, who's going to be coming to us this morning from beautiful Texas. So let me tell you a little bit about Joffrey. Joffrey is a spiritual and personal growth author and motivational speaker. And she was compelled to write her first book, um, which is How Learning to Say Goodbye Taught Me How to Live. And that was published in 2015. And then we're going to be talking about her new book, The Heart of the Matter. And she had a profound experience of seeing her best friend battle breast cancer, which really changed her life. Joffrey began her career as a theater actress and producer, having spent most of her adult life in New York City. And she has acted and produced several off-Broadway productions there in New York City. And as an avid student of spiritual literature and techniques since the early 1980s, Joffrey taught herself filmmaking and formed Sweet Moon Pictures Production Company back in the 1990s. And she wrote, produced, and directed two independent films with spiritual themes or overtones. One is Out of the Blue, which was in 1995, and the other, Best Wishes in 2002, which won, uh, which was the winner of the Spirit of the West Award. Before moving back to Texas to care for her dying mom, she worked as a senior producer and director for a media broadcast company in New York City for over 15 years. And we're going to be talking in a minute about her new book, The Heart of the Matter, which is a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. And this was born out of the work she did within herself to heal her wounds and beliefs of the past. So she successfully uh, was able to move into a full self-love, which all of us aspired to do, because we know in our own hearts that if we can't love ourselves, we can't really love anyone else. Her passion now through her book talks and radio and videos is to help everyone wake up take the journey of self-discovery, and empower themselves through self-love. So we're going to be talking about that. And thank you, Joffrey, for joining us all the way from Texas. We surely appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be with you. Wonderful. So why don't you tell us really what is self-love? It's not being conceited, is it? No, not at all. In fact, people get that confused. They think self-love has to do with self-aggrandizement or self, uh, self, not nurturing, but self-centeredness. That is completely, completely wrong. Self-love is really, the way I describe it in the book, it's a very simple little phrase. Self-love means that you know in your heart of hearts that you are lovable, loving, and loved. Mm. It is that simple. Lovable, loving, and loved. When you have those three things rooted in you, you can really handle any challenge that life puts in front of you. Right. So what what made you look at self-love? What, what brought you to that? We know I was one of those people that always like to look at what's going on into the world. Why are we here? The big questions, I guess you would say. Why is the sky blue? Why are the trees green? Why did God do this? What is God? Those big questions always titillated me since I was very little. So I was always a questioning person. So I began to search and I read different books and different religions and studied all these different things. And it basically came down to... The self-love aspect, when after I'd done all this homework, done all these meditations, practiced all these different techniques and techniques and uh, exercises and all these different ways of changing your life, it all came down to one thing, and that was either you're moving through the world in self-love or you're moving in the world without self-love, which is something I wanted desperately to change about myself, to grow more into self-love. Mm. So people may say, well, why is self-love so important? Well, you know, self-love literally colors everything we do in our life. Literally everything we experience, everything we do, everything we say is colored by our aspect of self-love. Now, what that really means, and I think in the book I say it's the prism through which we see and define all things. What that basically means is how I feel about myself is going to determine how I interpret what you're doing to me, what you're saying to me, what your behavior is doing to me. I'm going to interpret everything that's happening to me through that lens of my lack of self-love, which makes a lot of people very reactionary, very ready for a fight. Got my boundaries. Don't cross my boundaries. You know people like that. Right, right. Don't cross my boundaries. You don't push my buttons. Well, if you've got buttons that are being pushed, you've got things you need to be healing people. <laughs> Frankly, you've got buttons that are being pushed. So self-love uh, literally impacts everything in our life. Yes. It's like the glasses that, like you were talking about, the prism, where, you know, if we have rose-colored glasses, we're going to see the light the light around us as light and beautiful. And if we are wearing dark glasses, we're going to just see things as dark. And that's how, if we are unhappy within ourselves, we're going to be nasty to other people. And so, you know, I, I get what you're saying. And when I see somebody or I have a client who's really upset and angry and really not being nice to the other clients, I I kind of look at it and I consider the source, what's really going on with them that they are so mean, you know, because people will act out if they're mean, if they don't feel good about themselves, but if they feel good about themselves, they're going to be nicer. <laughs> so it just, well, that's true, right. except one thing, you know, also there's several ways to act out. Another way to act out is to be a people pleaser. So see, there are people who will do anything to please people that are acting out 
in the reverse angle, but they're doing the same thing. They're coming from a place of lack of self-love. I love my mother. I'm glad I had her as my mother. But she came from that place. If I please everybody, then I perhaps will be feeling safer. Right. That's kind of a codependent thing as, as, as opposed to really feeling good about yourself and being able to be like, you know, Mother Teresa or, or the Dalai Lama, right? Right. Yeah. So what happens when we move through the world and we're not really rooted? You know, what kinds of things happen with us when we're not rooted in self-love? What, what do we experience Well, what's funny, you know, I think everyone can expand in their self-love. Let me say that up front really clearly. I've not met a human being yet that cannot expand in their sense of self-love. Now, I feel like I've got a good base now. I'm rooted in self-love, but I can expand it until my last breath on this planet. So let me be clear about that. We all can expand our sense of self-love. But if you're lacking in self-love, excuse me, if you're lacking in self-love, You're going to be one of those people, like we just said before, you're going to have boundaries in the way. Don't push my buttons. You're going to be reactionary. You're going to be waiting for something to happen. Or you're going to be a people pleaser. I have a a section in the book called Safety Nets. And when your safety nets are our go-to behaviors, when we're feeling powerless, invisible, that we're not mattering, these are our go-to behaviors, such as needing to be in control. Being in control does not mean it has to be correct. Being in, needing to be in control means your fear that it's going to be out of control. Needing to be right, that's another safety net. Judgment is a big safety net. You'll sit around people and they'll love to criticize other people. Well, you're only criticizing other people because you actually do that to yourself as well. Otherwise, you wouldn't be going there. At least I don't think so, Mara. Right, right, right. So, you know, how do we begin this process of self-love? Well, I think the first thing is to acknowledge, hey, I could grow in self-love. That would be a really good place to start, frankly. Yeah. Because there are people who are walking around, and it's funny, the people who have the biggest bravado about them, biggest way of I'm wonderful, I'm perfect, these people are hurting the most, frankly, because they're a little too loud for my own liking, and they tend to be lacking in self-love. So I would say first to acknowledge to yourself, you know what, I can grow in my self-love. I actually do have some negative voices occasionally that that rise up in my head, or I am tentative around certain groups, kinds of people. So first acknowledge you need self-love. That would be a good place to start. Then what you can do is ask yourself some serious questions. In the book, I have questions in each chapter, and the reason I do that is because when you start to ask yourself questions, and only you're the only one who's going to be answering them. No one's going to be reading them. No one's going to be judging them. It's all for you to understand yourself better, which, frankly, we all could do. So start to ask yourself personal questions. Why do I believe I have to earn self-love? Why do I believe I have to go out and prove I'm deserving of feeling loved or loving or loved? Why do I, you know, ask yourself these questions. Who told me that? And how was their life from what they just told you? Was it any better by them living by what they just told you is the truth? Truth is strictly something that we've decided is true, but is not necessarily a universal truth, if that makes any sense to you. Right. I would say ask yourself some questions and ask them and be serious with yourself with them. 
You know, Joffrey, none of us really had perfect parents. Some of us had better parents than others. But, you know, when I think back uh, and I get in groups that we talk about these things, you know, I I think I was luckier than most. But I can remember having um, a loving but very critical father, for example. And, you know, you always want to be perfect because you have that. And, um, and so I think a lot of this lack of self-love really comes from, you know, being criticized as a child or being told that we weren't good enough in school or the competition. And so we all have this really um, from how we were raised, right? Oh, it's definitely happened. I think uh, psychologists say that by the age of seven or eight or nine, somewhere in that age range, you are pretty much set in place, meaning everything that's happened to you, you've made decisions about on your own. As a little kid, you have decided this is my fault. I'm not going to be perfect enough. I'm not going to be good enough. I've got to work extra hard to get their approval or whatever the situation will be. It is in place by seven, eight, or nine. You're pretty much set up. And I don't know one person that did not have something in their life by the age of seven, eight, or nine that did not twist them a bit away from that self-love and get them to look outward for proof that they're lovable, loving, or loved. And let me just say something about those three words, because we sort of went over it, but I didn't get as specific as I would like to. Lovable strictly means you are worthy of love. You exist on this planet, therefore you are worthy of love. You do not have to earn it, to prove it, to do something to deserve it. You exist. You are therefore worthy of love, period. That's being lovable. Loving means that you're recognizing your loving place in your heart. That Our hearts are all made of a natural benevolence. We cover it up with a lot of stuff to protect it, basically. Unless you've got some psychological problems. That's a whole different Whole different little problem we won't talk about in this session. But in general, we come from a loving place in our heart, and our expression of our loving place is good enough. That's where that good enough feeling comes in. So your loving, how you express your loving nature is good enough. And being loved, the third part of being lovable, loving, and loved, being loved is that you know that your existence has value to the universe, period. doesn't matter what you do. Does it matter if you make a lot of money, whether you live on the streets or you live in a big mansion? The fact you exist on this planet has value to the universe. That's why when you have those three things locked in yourself, you can handle outside agitations or problems from other people because you know in your heart of hearts, you are rooted in these things. You are worthy of love. You are valued by the universe. And your expression of your loving nature is good enough. Right, right. And I think that's something that all of us struggle with. Even if you had the most wonderful parents, if you, you know, little kids can be mean, you know, especially peer groups can be mean and, and do things. And so you're right that if, if you are grounded in that I am lovable, I am worthy of love, I am, you know, a by the universe, whatever it is, I'm loved by the un- by God, by spirit, by whatever. That really helps. I know for me, um, having faith that I have my spiritual guides and my belief in that one power, that one presence, that one God or whatever you call that God, that helps me to know that I am spirit incarnate. And then I can accept myself. You know, because our society 
doesn't really value self-love. No, it really it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. And what's funny is, you know, it doesn't matter what what spiritual books you read, when you get down to it, it says love yourself, love others, and love God. Right. We leave love yourself out. And that's the first one mentioned. Love yourself, love others, and then love God. We leave the love yourself out. It right. just left out. A lot of spiritual books have taken it and twisted it completely out of the whole genre of, of of the whole spiritual realm. Loving yourself is wrong, wrong, wrong. No, that is the basis. If you love yourself, you're loving your peace of God or peace of, I like to call it the divine, just right. because it's a little, little easier word. The, the divine part of yourself, when you love the divine part of yourself, you're loving yourself. Yeah. You're accepting, I'm having a human experience. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience and it's good enough. And it's going to be fun, and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to accept myself and love myself and go out there and see what can I create and what can I experience. Right. That's a loving life. Right. And our divine essence is here to learn. So, you know, we come with all these things that we have these challenges, and I think part of it is learning to love. Love ourselves, love others, love God, love all all. All there is, you know, loving nature. And so that's that's our challenge on this planet as we are, you know, incarnated now is just to learn to love ourselves. I don't think, you know, babies probably come in and they love themselves and then they get exposed to all the people that tell them that they're not good enough, right? Exactly. <laughs> babies do. I, I think maybe it was the first book I talked a little bit about babies. One of the things babies come in and they, they one of the things they come in doing is they know how to receive because the first thing they do is they know how to receive. Right. They know how to receive breast milk or whatever, or formula or whatever they're given. They know how to receive. Babies, we come in really clean, and then we get all fachotted. I'll use a, a, my New York word, fachotted. We get all fachotted with all the, the garbage, all the heavy lifting that's down here, the heavy in, heavier energies that are here for a reason, and we're going to transform them as we keep coming. I happen to think we come back again and again, but that's my personal belief. But we get for until we, we get, get it right, right? <laughs> like Groundhog Day, we have to keep well, coming back until we get it right. Well, until we transform that heavier energy, so it's no longer here. That's really the, that's if you want to get real heavy. That's the <laughs> trick, guys. Transforming that, and we are transforming. It just takes a long time, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's part of you know. That's why I I, I love what you have in your book. It's about how to evolve, how to evolve and learn to accept and love. And as you said, be loving, loved, and be accepting of ourselves. I mean, those are all really helping us to evolve to our higher selves, right? Oh, and you know, what's really interesting, Mara, is as I was learning to love myself, because I wanted to, I wanted to get there. It was my goal. I'm going to love myself again. As I was doing that inner work, whether it was learning self-nurturing, uh, rather than looking for other people to lift you when you're down, learning how to lift yourself, to nurture yourself, or compliment yourself, or be uh, have self-gratitude, whatever it was I was working on, the more I did it for myself, I automatically had more of it for other people. Exactly. It was literally an amazing thing that was happening, because I was doing it for myself, but I literally had much more compassion, and I mean compassion for some people that... Frankly, I'm not sure they, they are worthy of my compassion, but they really are worthy of my compassion, of course. 
but I found that I actually could have compassion for them as well because I was learning to have compassion for my own mistakes, my own my own dark, heavier energies inside of myself. And as I got used to those and could own those, I could forgive theirs as well. It was really fascinating. Really yeah, fascinating. Yeah. You know, when you were talking a few minutes ago about us being spiritual beings, having a human experience, and, and as I see it, this is school. We're here to learn. We're here to learn. We're here to evolve. We're here to grow. And so for me, um, people that are less than nice or, or really people that you find it hard to like them, I have to tell myself, especially because of the business I'm in, you know, I'm an attorney mediator. And so I'm dealing with people in conflict who, when people are in conflict, they are not at their best, <laughs> you no, know, no, it's not no, like no. they're on vacation, you know, <laughs> having a good time. And so I have to say to myself that they are spiritual beings having a human experience that right now they don't have the tools or they're not in touch with those tools or they're not loving of themselves. And it's as I do that, as I see them that way and I see myself that way, then I can let go of a lot of the judgments as well, judging myself, judging them. And it's, um, it's, I guess it's because I have enough years on this planet that I'm that I'm finally getting it. You know what I mean? It's well, you've just, done your homework. It sounds like you've done a lot of homework on yourself, so you're already quite well aware of yourself. So you're already rooted in self love somewhat. So I mean that that's let's be honest, that's part of your advantage right now. Is you're already <laughs> rooted in self love, but you're right. When you see that when somebody's doing it, you can say. I don't have to participate. Now, now you have to participate with them because you're working with them. Right. But if it was somebody like me, I could say I can bless them. I don't have to participate with them. But you're right. There's I mean, even with me, I don't have to get sucked into their stuff. I can maintain that place of neutrality, you know, because I'm the mediator. I'm in the middle. So I can maintain that place of just loving them no matter what they say, you know. Uh, and that's something I have to work at every single day. But, you know, it made me think of like in your book, you have meditations and I meditate every morning at 530 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a long, long, long time, I think I'd be nuts if I didn't because of, um, you know, dealing with people in conflict all the time. So I thought it was great that you include meditation in your book. You want to explain why you think that's so important? Well, I'm like you, meditation, I started it back in the early 80s, back when I think we were all called New Agers back then or something. Uh, so I started meditation way back when, and I used it to get to know myself. Uh, I would do the questioning in my head, but to get to know myself emotionally, what was I feeling? What was underneath the feeling of anger at work? What was really underneath that feeling of anger? I would go into meditation, get in there, and I'd find what was under there, which has always hurt. It's yes. always hurt under anger. Anger is just a masking emotion. But underneath there was a hurt, and then I could explore the emotions of what is the hurt that I was feeling. So I wanted to make sure that people in this book, again, it's a workbook, so you can go as far as you want to with the book. Some people will just read the discussions, and that'll be fine. Some people might do the questioning. But if you go one step further and do the meditations, and meditation, the way I describe it in the book, is strictly focusing your attention. That's all it is, people. It's just focusing your attention. I say lay down, close your eyes. Sometimes I would do it in the tub. Sometimes I did it on bed. It doesn't matter where you are. Just you're closing your eyes and you're going to focus your attention. And I wanted people to take that meditation so they could connect to their emotions. So much of our problem, 
I really feel is that we're not taught how to deal with emotions. We're taught to not have them, don't have that emotion. Uh, little girls shouldn't cry. Big boys definitely shouldn't cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes when you're little, you need to have a cry so you can understand, okay, I'm hurt. Why am I hurt? Oh, that's why I'm hurt. I can forgive them. And then you move forward. But if you're not allowed to have emotions and figure them out and know how to deal with them, you do everything you can not to have them, which is crazy because they're part of our navigational system. So the meditations are to get you in touch with your emotional body, your emotions, and help you to connect to those emotional side, to your higher self side, and work with that part of yourself. I really wanted people to understand it's not as scary as it sounds. It's not as wacky as it sounds. I make it pretty simple in the book. I describe these are the images I use. Come up with your own images. But begin to work with your imagination because your soul, your higher self, God, God is uh, the divine, will speak to you through your imagination. So we need to work our imaginations so much more people. <laughs> yes, so much. yes. And, you know, I, I know people will say that they don't, you know, that they can control their emotions. You you really, oh. you know, people don't recognize that the brain has an automatic response to certain things, you know, from usually from memories from the past. So emotions will come up, whether it's anger or hurt or sadness or, you know, or whatever. It, but then like you said, to ask, you know, why am I feeling so hurt? What is this all about? Or why am I so angry? You know, and, and that is the beauty of it. Instead of denying those emotions, those are automatic. I don't care if you're a woman or a man, you got them. But some, lots of times I've noticed men act out every one of the emotions, whether it's fear or hurt or anger, they're going to use it as anger, you know, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the one that's quote acceptable for men. But when they really get in touch with that emotion, like you're talking about, that is transformational because then they can say, okay, you know, I understand that, that I'm, I'm feeling hurt. Now I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask myself, what is this hurt about? And that is evolutionary. Oh, that's empowering. Most of the times what they're really hurt is something in their past they have not healed. Right. Most of the hurt that we have in our day-to-day lives isn't really hurt. It's just our reaction to something that we have left unhealed in our past. That's why this workbook is so important. So you can go back and heal some of those past wounds so that you're not reacting in your daily life to something that really doesn't deserve your your reaction to begin with, frankly. Yes, and we're speaking with Joffrey McClung, who is the author of this beautiful new book called The Heart of the Matter. It's a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. You know, one of the things that you write about um, is forgiveness, and I know in my newest book I have a whole chapter on forgiveness as well. Forgiveness is so important, but... Why is that process so important to self-love? Because I believe everything starts with the self. So if you're going to want to be more loving outwardly, you have to start with yourself first. So the forgiveness, you have to start by learning to forgive yourself. In other words, we look at actions. In the book, there's a section on actions that come out of your hurt or your pain that you've left untended to. So you have to look at your actions, understand that at that moment you were in pain because 
I felt that I was hurt from childhood, from my mother not doing whatever. Right. Okay, that's why I reacted that way in this moment. I could forgive myself because I didn't know better until now. So you learn to start to practice forgiveness on yourself, which I just call forgiveness, basically self-compassion, having mm. self-compassion. Uh, when you have self-compassion with yourself, you can find forgiveness for yourself, and then you can offer it to people outside of yourself. Because I think a lot of people don't offer it to other people because they have not learned to give it to themselves first. Right. I think if you learn to give it to yourself first, then you can truly offer it to other people when they need it and, and you're able to offer it freely from your heart. So for, forgiveness is very, I'm with you. You could write whole books on forgiveness, right. but you got to practice getting there first. That's why right. it's near the, the last, the third part of my book is deals with forgiveness. But yeah, forgiveness is just vital to us all. It starts to mean forgiving yourself. Exactly. Well, believe it or not, we are out of time. That went so quickly. So wow. I just, yeah, I know. So let's just give the name of your book and your website and it's time to go. Okay, Joffrey? Sure. The Heart of the Matter, a workbook and guide to finding your way back to self-love. You can go to my website. It's allaboutselflove.com, I-T-S, allaboutselflove.com, and you can read some free chapters there as well. Okay, thank you so much. Let's keep in touch, and we'll have you back again, okay? Thank you for having me. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.